0: All righty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter podcast for the 23rd of November. 20- I get stuck on the November thing. 2022, I'm Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter podcast. Appreciate you listening. Download, share, and tell a friend. Uh, on the, what used to be the biggest bar day of the year, probably still is the biggest bar day of the year, but I haven't been to a bar in God knows how long. So yeah, that's what happens when you have kids. I'd say I haven't been to a bar in five years because that's how old Quinn is. Anyway, welcome to the show. Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter dot sign up, support the show, enter to win the autographed book, the battle between Donald Trump and Trump. And Anne Rice continues. It'll continue next week as well. It is, yeah, they're both big, big names. Wildly popular people. And even if you just do it for the resale value of the book on either one of them, you'll make out like a bandit. Appreciate all the support and uh, hope you have a great Thanksgiving. We'll have something up tomorrow. And then my interview that I did uh, last Friday with David Limbaugh about his brother's book or the book by his brother about his brother, the radio's greatest of all time on Friday for about 20 minutes or whatever. You don't, I don't need to cluster up your, your holiday weekend, although the week in and review will be up in its entirety on Saturday morning at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time, as it always is. No interruption there. All right, let us get started. There's a lot going on and a bunch to talk about, and I didn't really want to... Right before Thanksgiving, you kind of don't want to sit there and and talk about, oh my goodness, this horrible murder, mass murder thing. But there's no escaping it for many reasons, because the, the media... Each media has adopted a different mass murder and uh, they're running with it as if it's the only thing that's going on right now. And it's kind of a slow news time, theoretically, if you don't really want to like Joe Biden pardoning the turkeys was a big deal yesterday. But this what's happening now illustrates perfectly what I say when I say that, what I mean when I say that we live in two different worlds, and you can create your own world. If you watched Fox, and I do, and I did, the killing of five gay people at a gay club in Colorado Springs is a story. It's just not the story. Now, yesterday, Fox on Brett Baer, they, they actually focused on political news and leadership battles and things like that, and, and that should be it. That should be what so-called national news is focused on. They can touch on everything else, but it should be the focus on the national things. But they also spend an inordinate amount of time for what it is, and as, as horrible as it is. I'm not trying to discount as horrible either of these stories are. they are. They're, they're awful, and the people who did it deserve to go be executed and go to hell as soon as possible but they're spending an awful lot of time on fox talking about the horrible situation where four college kids were murdered out in idaho tragic situation terrible situation stabbed to death murdered but aside from sort of acknowledging that it exists and uh, maybe an update on when arrests were made or what have you it's not and i don't mean this in any disrespectful way so spare your emails but it is not really national news it's not really national news now it helps that it's kind of a slow news time holiday weeks are kind of slow news times what have you but it's not national news you don't know these people you've never heard of these kids it's sad. But beyond that, like every single day carrying live press conferences from the chief of police is, it's not helpful to anybody. It's not informative to anybody. But that's what Fox is focusing on. They also do mention the shooting in Colorado Springs at the gay club. They're not ignoring that. And weirdly, over at MSNBC, they're kind of ignoring not completely, but they're certainly giving it uh, short shrift, the murder of the kids at uh, in Idaho. Their obsession, and it is an obsession, and I don't use that term lightly, their obsession is the mass killing of five people at a gay nightclub and the shooting it turns out i guess the injured i thought it was 25 in the story i read yesterday it's 18 17 or 18 depending on which story you use so i imagine which metrics you use i think 17 people were shot and one person was injured but not shot probably trying to escape whatever over at MSNBC, that is the only story that's happening in the world. I watched, like I said, Brett Baer. They got to that story. They also spent a little bit of time on the uh, Idaho story, but the other shows spent more time on Idaho. Jesse Water spent a lot of time on Idaho. Then, because that was all I watched. Then I turned it off as soon as the uh, first... The guest came on talking about New York, and it was a radio host. It was like, this person lives in Texas. What do they know about what's going on in New York? And I thought, this is why I hate cable news and turned it off. But I turned uh, at uh, at 7 exactly to NBC Nightly News just to see, just out of curiosity. I wanted to know if... These, like how they were going to story. What was the big story on NBC News? And the lead story in a 22-minute broadcast, 22-minute broadcast is what uh, NBC Nightly News has with Lester Holt. 22 minutes. The first eight minutes were spent on Colorado Springs. They dispatched two separate reporters to Colorado Springs to do stories about the victims to do stories about the event to do stories about hatred and how everybody on the right wing is a hater hater of the transgender community and how everybody in the right hates drag queens and how drag queens are nothing but the best among us honestly i watched this thing in amazement because it like what happened in Idaho is a local story it doesn't it doesn't matter beyond the fact that you need to know that it happened unless you know somebody involved in it in either one of these stories it is that's how it is under normal circumstances neither of these would be national news stories beyond mentioning that they happened maybe the uh, idaho one would get a little bit more mentioned normally because whoever the killer is is on the loose Right, they still they don't have a suspect. They don't know what happened. So somebody murdered four people, and they're out there, and they could do it again. They're getting away with it. Whereas in Colorado Springs, the maniac who killed those people is known. They have got them. So you get the constant reader. You get the constant assumptions. Oh, the right winger. It's horrible. Right wing. Blah 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 blah. One is useful to the left. The other seems more of a distraction to the right, honestly. The Idaho story is there's no real reason to it's just like the uh, the blonde girl, the really cute blonde girl who was killed at like Yellowstone or whatever by her boyfriend who ended up killing himself in the uh, in the Everglades. You sit there and you go, why? Why? Why is this story? It's it's a horrible story. She's a good-looking girl, but, uh, you know, it's one person. Every day in this country, people are murdered. Every day in this country, hundreds of people, or in this planet, hundreds of people are murdered. Why does one rate more than another? You can figure it out and you can make your own, draw your own conclusions for that. I always say the hierarchy of media is a good-looking white girl, something bad happens to her. That's at the top. That's the pinnacle. A good-looking white girl. Doesn't matter if she did it or had it done to her. If she's involved or goes missing, stop all the presses. They're going to dispatch Greta Van Susteren and she's going to set up camp in a Caribbean island for the next six months reporting on this thing. Then comes some sort of group that Democrats favor. If they fall next... If they're next and it can be exploited in a way, if they're victims, and it can be exploited in a way that helps Democrats, then, you know, Katie, bar the door, it's game on. What I mean by that is if a, like the murders in Chicago don't rate, the murders in Chicago don't rate, they're black people killing black people. Democrats inherently don't care about that. They preside over it. They don't do a damn thing to try to prevent it, to stop it, to even talk about the sanctity of human life. They just don't do it. So that doesn't rate. It might as well have not even happened in the hierarchy of things that Democrats care about. But if a black person is killed by a white person, that piques some interest. If a black person is killed by a police officer, they're in. If it's a white police officer, Game on, period, end of story. Then it's sort of everything else after that, celebrities, what have you. But that's the level at which Democrats care. Now, I think the shooter, I haven't seen a breakdown of their genetic code, but I think the shooter in Colorado Springs is white. Looks a little weird, kind of might have been trans in some of the pictures I saw, but I don't know. We don't know much about it in that... Normally, when you don't know much about something is when journalism really goes to work. We need to find out as much as humanly possible about this person. But when you're dealing with the leftist media as it is currently constituted, not knowing something isn't a time to really double down and try to figure out what's going on. Not knowing something means you can wildly speculate and fill in all the gaps. You can just fill in the motive. You don't know. We don't know the motive. Great. Let's just wildly speculate on the motive. Probably a MAGA Republican who hates gay people. Yeah, that sounds about right. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, Yeah, no, uh, you don't know this person's politics. Well, then let's find the parents' politics and see if we can just the neighbor's politics. Will you get anybody anywhere to speculate about? Uh, they're, if they're progressive, forget it. They drop the angle right away. But if they're... Anybody says, you know, I think I thought I saw him one time with an American flag. Well, then it's game on and it's the hatred of inherent in this country that led them to this massacre. That is what's happening in Colorado. There's no journalism happening. I told you NBC News dispatched two reporters. One sort of told you what you could have gotten by watching a police press conference. And the other one, didn't even tell you that much. And it took up eight minutes of 22 minutes in an election. Now, normally when you're talking about, uh, you know, murders, things like that, you go from one to the other to the other. It, it just makes sense. You don't want to, if you're doing a newscast, you don't put it together and say, well, let's talk about this horrible murder there and, uh, you know, just talk about how awful it. Is. Then we'll talk about the nice uh, flower event that's happening they're down at the Civic Center, where we can go to, and then we'll talk about this other murder that's horrible. You kind of lump like things together. NBC News did not bother to go to Idaho. Now, I, didn't, I watched the first 15 minutes of it, and maybe they talked about it later. But they don't seem to have any interest in what happened in Idaho, which is a little bit bizarre. And it's, frankly, from a viewer perspective, the much more important story. Not because straight people's lives matter more than gay people's lives. Or no, it's because whoever did it is on the loose. All right? Whoever killed those four people, those four college kids, is still on the loose. And if you kill four college kids, you're probably inclined to kill again, I would think. So that would be of more public interest than anything else you're seeing. So I would uh, wonder why NBC News didn't bother to do that. I don't know. Maybe they, like I say, maybe they went to it later. But it is bizarre. And then you begin to look at the whole thing in its entirety and how this stuff comes together. And you watch the kid, the weird, weird treatment that this story is. I got a clip here. It is the Colorado Springs chief of police. Now, you're dealing with five people who have been killed. They're gone. It's horrible. You should be updating the public on what you're going to do, how you caught the killer, whatever, whatever the situation is, what's going on, the latest. Now, with the killer in custody, there ain't a whole lot of new developments, seemingly. The killer will lawyer up and so on and so forth. There doesn't seem to be a need to have daily press conferences when you've solved the crime. And now you just start prepping for the trial. I would think that if if I'm a lawyer, the more other people talk out of school and out of court and to the press, the more potential ammunition you're giving the defense of the monster who killed these people. And I wouldn't really want that. You got to give the public the information they need to know. But the body count hasn't changed. Nothing has changed. Why are there daily press conferences? You got the person in custody. I don't get it. But the politically correct woke police are on the scene. Fear not. Listen to the Colorado Springs chief of police talk about how they will respect the pronouns of the victims out there, of the people killed.
1: We respect all of our community members, including our LGBTQ community. Therefore, we will be identifying the victims by how they identify themselves and how their families have loved and identified them. The first person I'll identify is Kelly Loving. Kelly's pronouns are she, her. Daniel Aston. Daniel's pronouns are he, him. Derek Rump. Derek's pronouns are he, him. Ashley, paw, that's P-A-U-G-H. Ashley's pronouns are she, her.
0: All right, I I stopped it there because you you get the idea. Um, In discussing whatever the chief of police would be discussing at a press conference about a mass killing, under what circumstances would there be an in-depth discussion about the victims? The police, the police investigate the crime. The crime is the murder. They have the suspect in custody. They don't then go and do, aside from listing their names, they don't then go do profile pieces on the victims, do they? I don't, I don't think they do. So what do you need this information for? What do you need this virtue signaling for? How many, t- how, what kind of questions are you going to get? Hey, uh, Becky who was killed, uh, she she seemed to be a real pillar in the community. Can you talk a little bit about her? Well, I'll tell you, she used the pronouns ZZ, so don't say her. There's no circumstance under which you would ever really use pronouns that I can envision here. So what you're seeing right there is performance art. And that's what so much of this has become, is sick kabuki theater performance art. It's a horrible crime going on there. And you have Democrats lining up, trying to exploit it, trying to find a way to make a political advantage of it because, and I'll illustrate this with some audio in a second, they have bastardized the word community to the point that they mean, they want it to mean somebody who shares an irrelevant characteristic with you, who lives thousands of miles away from you more so than the person who lives next door to you, if they don't. If you're gay, you care more about the people in Colorado Springs are gay if you live 3,000 miles away than you do if somebody down the end of your block was murdered, if they're not gay. That's the way Democrats are constructing, trying to construct society. And it's screwed up. Very screwed up. So journal, I'm sure, he, I don't know if Ben Collins has won any jur- journalism awards yet, He would have likely listed them if he had, but this is going to be the key. He's going to win a bunch of journalistic awards for his whining and crying and everything like that, because that's just how he is. That's how journalism works. So I want to play you, this is his Oscar Schindler moment. This is at the end, we remember Schindler's List, where Schindler goes, uh, "This ring, I could have. How many more people would this ring have been? This suit, I could have sold. This suit, this car, I could have sold. This car, I could have done this. I could have done that. I could have done the other thing." And it's like, "Okay, yeah, sure, but you did. You did all you could. You did all you could." And it wasn't, you know, he's like, "What could I have done more?" It was a. I don't think that moment ever happened in in the real life life of Oscar Schindler. It was more of an Oscar bait clip for Liam Neeson. But this is an award clip for for Ben Collins. This is attention Pulitzer's set your DVRs. I'm going to be on Morning Joe and I'm going to really give it all I got to try and get myself a Pulitzer Prize for whatever it is that they think he will pretend that he does for journalism. Listen to him. He's upset. He's on the verge of
1: tears that he couldn't, he doesn't know what more he could do. GOP uh, Senator Targets TikTok influencer with anti-transgender taunts. And I'm just wondering, what could I have done different? Seriously, as reporters, what can we do different? Because there are five dead people in a strip mall, because that was the only place they felt safe as gay or trans people in this town in Colorado Springs. And I am trying to thread this needle here. I'm trying to say that this is happening. This targeted stuff has real-life impacts. They say on the internet it has real-life impacts. And I'm going to fail, by the way. I'm going to, you know, freak out because it's happening. Because I wake, I wake up and I see that there are five dead bodies. But I think we have to have a come-to-Jesus moment here uh, as reporters. Are we more afraid of being on Breitbart for saying that trans people deserve to be alive or are we more afraid of the dead people? Because I'm more afraid of the dead people. I don't want fi- to wake up on a Sunday and see that all of these headlines came to fruition. There's a lot to unpack here.
0: A whole bunch of BS, a whole bunch of self-aggrandizement. Oh, I don't want to be on Breitbart. Breitbart isn't going to, because trans people should be allowed. To, Breitbart isn't going to say that. No one's going to say that. He conflates. This is how the left works. They conflate everything. If you don't like the idea of an adult man in drag grinding and rubbing and, and exposing their crotch to kids, why, well, you're saying that everybody who is uh, enjoys being a drag queen should be executed and their, their murder is justified. There's nothing could be further from the truth. But Ben Collins doesn't have any interest in the truth. Now, all the people on the panel on MSNBC and Morning Joe were sitting there. They were riveted. They were ready to give him a hug. Oh, Ben, you've done all you could. You're going to keep doing it. But those evil right-wingers, they're relentless. They're just mean. They're terrible. They're awful. Blah, blah, blah. That was the way it was. Willie Geist was ready to cry right there with him. Joe and Mika weren't there. I believe Mika had her tear ducts removed in her last facelift, so she wouldn't have been able to cry, but she would have looked Looked concerned or constipated. One of the—I don't know what the difference is with her, but you get the idea. They just—what could I have done different? These right winger meaners—wingers—are uh, going to be mean to me because I say that trans people should exist. But trans people can exist. I don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody wants any human being killed. It's weird. There's one side that's all in favor of killing. you know, from the moment of conception till uh, euthanized. At any point, they become worthless or what have It's It's not conservatives. But okay, you do, you do you, Ben. You do you. But to sit there and go, oh, it's terrible. I don't know. I could have done more. What more could I do? That's not journalism. That's activism. Now, you can feel passionately about it all you want, but you should not be reporting on it if you feel passionately about it. If you are incapable of being dispassionate about it, you shouldn't be reporting on it. That's the way journalism used to at least aspire to be. Now they don't aspire to be anything but this crap that you see. I wish I could do more. What more could I do? I'm worried about those right wingers coming after me. Well gee, Ben, what do you think? Where do you think Ben's politics fall in the grand scheme of things? Where do you think Ben falls on the political spectrum? I bet you know. We need to have a come to Jesus moment. Now five people being murdered is horrible. One person being murdered is horrible. Ben hasn't said squat, and NBC News has barely said anything about four people being murdered in Idaho. Now, which is is five the cutoff point? Now is that where the media, where the left wing media gives a damn? It has to be five people. One. One junkie who's got enough fentanyl in his body to kill an elephant. That's a—that's uh, okay. But otherwise, if it's five college kids, especially the worst type of college kids, white college kids, am I right? Those four, 4 doesn't matter. Five, we could talk. Four, psh, doesn't matter. I also would note that NBC News, Ben Collins, and everybody over there, all his fellow travelers, I'd point out that Chicago exists. As a matter of fact, NBC News has a Chicago bureau. Five people killed is a horrible situation, or as Chicago calls it, a Thursday. How many people, they've had over 600 murders so far this year. There's a possibility, there's a real possibility they'll get to 700. Hope they don't, but there's a real possibility. We've got some holiday weekends and shootings on holiday weekends always go up. I don't know why. I'm so happy. I had so much turkey. I'm going to go shoot somebody. Or, man, that Lions game was awful. I'm going to go shoot somebody. I don't get it, but it seems to be how it works. Will NBC News care about that? No, because of my hierarchy of deaths. We're at stage two. Stage one is, of course, the attractive white girl, does anything. Murderer, murdered, disappeared, whatever. That's the top. But then it is certain members of various groups that Democrats find useful to exploit. That is a stop the presses moment. We don't still don't seem to know what caused this lunatic to go and kill these people. But that doesn't stop the media that actually emboldens the media we don't know what's going on so we can just make it up it can't be wrong if you're just speculating aren't you guys supposed to be journalists shouldn't shouldn't Ben Collins rather than sitting in the studio for morning Joe on the verge of tears about what I could have done more I don't know what more I could have done couldn't you go to Colorado Springs and maybe I don't know discover what it was that set this guy off what caused this evil if it turns out it's right-wing mania, and oh my god, it was the uh, existence of Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump together, then congratulations, you just hit the left-wing jackpot. But if it's not, then how about you do some actual journalism? But that's not what you do, Ben, is it? You don't do actual journalism. It turns out that he's just a crazed lunatic or he's somebody who was rejected. He's gay and the gay community out there in Colorado Springs wouldn't accept him. Whatever, who knows? Who knows? There's a story. He changed his name when he was a kid because he was relentlessly bullied. I don't give a damn. Threatened to blow up his mother in his mother's house and he should have been on a list where you go, if you threaten to blow up and murder people, you don't. Uh, Colorado has the vaunted red flag laws. They failed. Maybe Ben Collins could spend some time looking into how it was that this rather sizable human being with red flags all over him and flares going off managed to slip through the cracks. Maybe you could do that. But no... There's no money in that. There's no social media fame in that. There's no morning joke cred, Jonathan Capehart, and other left-wing journalists. There's no tweeting them, them tweeting saying, oh, Ben, I'm so proud to call you a colleague. Oh, you're so wonderful. The way you stood up to BreitbartNews.com. Oh, wow. You stood up. You took a popular opinion in your insulated world. Congratulations. You're a hero. By the way, when he sits there and he says in that clip, this, in a strip mall, the only place these people could feel safe in Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs is... Is is Colorado Springs some bastion of right-wing hatred? Like, honestly, am I unaware of Colorado Springs and how it uh, it is? In a state liberal as the day is long, Colorado? Did it seem like maybe, just maybe, you got to... Uh, People are safe. I love these people who live like it is um, 1940 or something like that. Oh, gay people having to live in the shadows, gay people having to live in the this and the that and the other thing. And like, why? Why? There's never been a better time to be gay, not even close to a better time to be gay. And the left pretends, like, oh, if you come out as gay, there's going to be, there's, every town has a roving pickup truck that goes around and beats up gay people everywhere they see. As soon as somebody gets even a hint of being gay, they're beating up people on spec. they think, oh, is this person gay? I don't know. Let's not take the chance. Let's get the pickup truck, round up the boys, and go and, and beat the hell out of them. Anybody live in that world anymore? Even the heroic Matthew Shepard, remember that story? Matthew Shepard was, uh, I think it was out in Idaho or somewhere somewhere out in that area. Matthew Shepard was murdered because he's gay. He was the martyr of the gay community and he was his murder was exploited. He was beaten to death by two guys. His murder was exploited to pass federal hate crimes legislation protecting gay people because nobody should be beaten up and left for dead on a fence in ranch country because they're gay. It turns out that nobody was. It turns out that one of the two guys who killed Matthew Shepard, still alive, easily verifiable, nobody bothers to check it, was an ex-boyfriend or hookup or whatever it was. That it wasn't and didn't have anything to do with him being gay. It had him to do with him owing a whole bunch of money for a drug deal that had gone bad or didn't have, whatever it was, drugs were involved. Does that justify the murder? No, it doesn't. But reality doesn't justify the outcry that the media and the left wing put up there. Matthew Shepard, St. Matthew, there's a book about that. You can look it up for yourself. Matthew Shepard was a martyr. Once they decided Matthew Shepard was a martyr, the facts ceased to matter. They ceased to matter. So I don't know what caused this monster to go and kill people. All I do know is it doesn't matter. Whatever it is. The reporting, to the extent that you can call it reporting, particularly by someone like Ben Collins, is not designed to inform or educate the public. It is designed to advance a political agenda. That's why Ben Collins is in a studio in New York and not out on the ground in Colorado doing any reporting. Because what if he found something that didn't help the left-wing agenda? They would have wasted a plane ticket. One more Ben Collins clip here where he makes a Nazi Germany analogy. Now, you would have to understand, there's the World Cup going on right now, right? There's a World Cup in a country where it is illegal to be gay. If you're looking for some kind of analogy about homophobia, of course, it doesn't really hold when you're trying to make it about the United States, because homophobia is not ravaging across the country the way that the left would have you believe but they hate this country so they it just, it's like anybody you ever dated who really didn't like you by the end and they just nitpick or you nitpicked that's what it is they just don't like this country they don't give a damn they hate this country so they'll find every little freckle and go this is terrible you're a monster but instead he skips out cuz he pro- presumably if he's not taking the obvious opportunity, doesn't that mean that he loves Qatar and therefore is a homophobe or something? I don't know. Anyway, he makes a Nazi Germany analogy because, well, because why not? You're not doing anything wrong. You're doing your job. You're uncovering the truth. You're yeah. presenting it. You're shining a light on it. The question is, as with so many of these issues, are the people who
1: need to hear the truth listening are they watching yeah. this are they reading your your reporting the answer unfortunately is no they're living in a different ecosystem yeah and and there is a a, a long history of this you know i i talked to uh, this this woman named jennifer Merciesa, who's a rhetoric professor at texas a and m and uh she was telling me about this thing called hate objects that come up in you know pre-fascist governments where they take people they describe as degenerates right and and you know before nazi germany was in fact gay and gay people people who played with Uh, you know, gender conformity. Uh, And they say they are contributing to the downfall of society. They are the reason that, you know, things cost more, that the crops aren't coming up, right? Um, We have been through this in the past. It's very dark. And the people playing around with this uh, don't take responsibility. They go right back into it. But again, these bodies are not in the ground yet. Yeah. And they're being used as political props right now. So I... Look, I am open to feedback. I want to hear how I can tell these stories better. You're you're doing your job, is really just pointing out, Ben. Sadly, culturally, historically, if 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 you've got two items you're selling, one is fear, the other is hope, it's easier to sell fear in this culture. And also, algorithmically, it's easier to sell fear because the hate gets the clicks. The hate gets the people tuning back in. It gets the hate objects. You create new hate objects every time.
0: All right, that's enough. That's enough. We don't need to hear that. I just love that. The bodies aren't even in the ground. The bodies aren't even in the ground. Uh, the, so you're just describing every single tragedy that Democrats exploit. Democrats don't. Oh, no, this is a horrible shooting in Phoenix. Oh, wait, no, it was done by not a white guy. Never mind. Moving on. Oh, the shooting in Dayton, Ohio, is it not done by a white guy. Damn it done by a left-wing anti... All right, well, never mind. Let's forget about it. You want to talk about disgusting people, Ben. Find find a reflective surface. But what's amazing to me is how this senior reporter for NBC, and he's a senior reporter on the dystopian beat, Ben Collins, is talking like he just now heard of the concept of scapegoating. Like, honest to God, I remember in elementary school learning about the Holocaust and how you always have those questions. How did this person come to power? And it was scapegoating. It was just scapegoating, was described as you accuse everybody of a a group of people of being the reason for X, Y, and Z. The German economy is in the toilet because of the Jews. That was uh, the dime store version of Hitler's rise to power. How the hell does a an adult man in his thirties or forties or whatever the hell Ben Collins is? How the hell does he never heard of this concept? Oh, they 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 call it something else now. But oh, she introduced me to this concept of uh, hate shaming or whatever. Oh, really? You've never heard of this? How do you get a job? That's what so many of these leftists, so many of these reporters. Do the world begins every day anew when they wake up. They don't know anything about anything. They don't need to know anything about anything. They got a job to do. History begins anew every day. And so they can go out and go, we're we're the first person to ever really notice that, you know, Hitler used hate-shaming as a way to... no. No, you're not the first person to ever notice that. In fact, you're probably one of the last people to ever notice this. And what kind of a world, what kind of a bubble do you live in where you can proudly go on national television, granted it's only MSNBC, but you can go on national television and proudly proclaim your rabid ignorance of the most significant events of the last century as if it's some sort of virtue that you're doing a revelation. I have just discovered this thing. No, the Nazis were an all-time evil. They were also rapidly progressive, but that's beside the point there, Ben. They're on your team. But the lessons from Nazi Germany have all been learned, and yet you've got these low IQ reporters out there trying to make new analogies about Nazi Germany as if they're the first person to ever have these thoughts occur to them. And you're just sitting there going, what the hell? Where have you been living? What planet are you on? The hypocrisy runs so deep and so thorough, it is marinated into their bones. I mean, you want to talk about, just for a second, you want to talk about scapegoating. And you want to talk about how, uh, oh, my God, they're trying to otherize people and blah, blah, blah. This is the coin of the realm for the left. It truly is. This is what Democrats do. As evidence, there's a guy, Adnan Gerardas or something. I don't know how the hell you pronounce his name. I don't care. He writes books nobody reads. He was on MSNBC over the weekend talking about billion. He wrote a piece in the New York Times. You want to talk about demonizing people. Billionaires. Listen to this clip because he writes about how billionaires exist only because we allow them to exist. Now, the alternative is what? Communism. Communism is you come in and you just seize the property of others just seize their properties, seize the fruits of their labor, whatever it is, seize whatever it is. And that's what he's advocating for. His piece in the New York Times is, This week, billionaires made a strong case for abolishing themselves. Oh, you want to talk about some genocide right there, right? The French Revolution, let's capture these people, let's behead them. And there's one group of people that routinely puts a guillotine outside one of the houses in Washington, D.C. of Jeff Bezos, and it ain't pro-lifers. It's Antifa, which is weird. I don't know why these people fund their own executioners or would-be executioners, but that's the world we live in. Anyway, listen to Adnan Girardadas talking about communism and it just being accepted, matter of fact to be a game to him but letting donald trump back in the room kanye was posting
1: uh again yesterday as well um what does it all add up to you know first of all i think something we often forget as americans is that billionaires exist as a class of people who have that much money at our collective pleasure right it is a policy choice to allow some people to accumulate that much money hundreds of billions of dollars in the case of people in the united states before everybody has the chance to live with dignity right other countries make that choice very differently we have chosen historically to heavily prioritize having billionaires over having dignity for all people and that's a choice i would just start by saying that we could make differently in the future and so i wrote the piece to try to remind people uh, of that choice we have
0: yeah, that choice. Other countries have done so different. Yes, other countries have come along and said, that's a nice company that you've built there. We are going to seize it and we're going to execute you. So we now own everything you had because you're dead. They're called communist countries. And, and I understand that you don't want to say you support communism, but you support communism. That's what you're describing there. They exist at our pleasure. He also is, he's a very dumb individual. And wildly unpopular, surprising, he's got a large social media footprint. He's all over these left-wing networks, and his books just don't sell. So it makes me think that maybe there's a disconnect there, that people aren't really all that interested in what he has to say, and maybe he bought some followers on social media, which people can do, but that's beside the point. The idea that they exist because of this, what he doesn't seem bright enough to understand is that for all of the money that say Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos have? They don't actually have it in cash, they don't. Now it does show you, just as a quick aside, it does show you the loyalty that leftist grunts. And he's Adnan is not missing any meals. He's he's a well-to-do guy, and he he brings nothing to the table. He's not out there workers. He will say, "Workers of the world, unite." but he's not a worker of the world he he writes he, they always the elitist intellectuals self-appointed anointed intellectuals always consider themselves to be above the fray and uh, n- in no need of doing manual labor like the little great unwashed people that they're trying to rule over anyway he's sitting there and he seems to be laboring under the delusion that these people are sitting on gigantic piles of cash they are not sitting on gigantic piles of cash now they can buy anything they want because they own stock but their net worth is tied up in stock if you seized jeff Be- jeff bezos i don't know what jeff bezos is worth this day and age given joe biden's stock market probably around 120 billion dollars you seize jeff bezos's net worth to seize in order to seize jeff Bezos' net worth you'd have to seize control of Amazon because his net worth is tied up in Amazon, right? The government would then have to seize control of Amazon. That wouldn't screw over just Jeff Bezos. It would screw over everybody who in their 401k has a share of Amazon. It's gone. You're gone. It's tough. Don't worry. We're the government. We know better than you do. We'll take care of you. Anybody really believe that? But let's just say you do seize... Amazon. You can to get the net worth out of it, to get the money that Adnan seems to think exists out there to pay for dignity, life with dignity of all these people, you'd have to do what? You'd have to sell a hundred I don't know, maybe I assume Bezos has diversified, so maybe he's got only a hundred billion in Amazon stock and twenty billion in something else. But you'd have to find somebody to buy a hundred billion dollars worth of amazon stock right who has that kind of money not that many people you've already crashed the stock by seizing the stock by seizing all the company so you're going to try and then sell this who is going to go i'll take that no one because why because they'll go if I buy this and then I get too successful, I get a, then suddenly you're going to come and just seize it from me. So I'm going to pass on that until the stock craters down to nothing. You end up with a fraction of the $100 billion that you set out to get. Now, the government spends eh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 to $15 billion per day. So even if you get 50 cents on the dollar, that $100 billion, you've done what? You've got eh, Less than a week's operating budget of the federal government, congratulations. And oh, by the way, you have then decimated Jeff Bezos' net worth. You can't go back to that well. You can't go back and seize it. You can't go back to get it. And you decimated the company that he created and all the wealth that everybody who bought any of that company created for less than a week's operating budget for the federal government. Does anybody begin to see a problem with this? Anybody begin to see how this might not be the best way forward? No, not Adnan, not Willie Geist sitting there, not the idiots at the New York Times who ran his op-ed about how billionaires are evil and they exist at our pleasure. No, they exist at our pleasure, that's true, to the extent that they created a good or a service that we collectively have deemed to have value. And we gave them our patronage, our money, the fruits of our labor. We gave it to to them. They didn't seize it from us. Jeff Bezos wasn't running around as as left-wing as Jeff Bezos is. I'm going to defend the concept of Jeff Bezos. He wasn't running around door to door, threatening people's lives, saying, give me your money or I'll kill you. That's not how... Jeff Bezos got rich. That's not how Amazon was built. It is kind of how government was built. They went running around and said, give us a a percentage of your income of what you've earned or I'll throw you in jail. You know, it's a little bit different. I'll throw you in jail. Jeff Bezos didn't threaten to throw anybody in jail. Jeff Bezos started selling books at a deep discount because he didn't have to have a brick and mortar store. He didn't have to pay rent for anything other than his warehouse. And his overhead was employees, started off him and his ex-wife, and the cost of packaging and stamps. That was it. And it blew up from there. Sorry that upsets your sensibilities, Adnan, that this is a story that could only happen in the United States of America, and a testament to the brilliance of capitalism, both of which you don't seem to understand or appreciate. Maybe you failed at them. I don't know, but uh, just imagine. Why don't you? This have you ever seen this guy's hair? You, know, you can understand you, you, why doesn't he go after Vidal Sassoon? Well, because he's on Team Sassoon. Ooh la la, Sason. As we wrap it up here for you, get ready for Thanksgiving. I just saw this story: Baltimore City Council. Baltimore Sun, Baltimore City Council approves bill making current elected officials pension eligible after eight years instead of 12. Proposal now heads to mayor. You sit there and you go, what, eight years? You get a pension after eight years? A pension after 12 years is obscene. Pension after 12. But these people make the rules, just like Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats and their insider trading. They make the rules. Do you really think they're going to not leave a nice big exit ramp for themselves to be able to make a whole bunch of money? Baltimore Sun reports. Baltimore City Council gave final approval to a proposal to cut the number of years required for its members and other city officials to earn a pension Monday, faulting a charter amendment uh, establishing term limits that was overwhelmingly approved by voters this month. The pension legislation introduced by Council President Nick Mosby. Nick Mosby, yeah. Look, his wife's out of a job now, and they're looking at legal problems. He's not going to maybe get that much time in on the council before he has some issues, or maybe even voters just wise up and throw him off. So he's got to make sure that he gets that perpetual paycheck. Democrats find a way. Look, in, Baltimore, in Maryland, Tommy Carchetti... Martin O'Malley, when he was governor, they loved, Democrats love raising taxes. My God, they love raising taxes. They love raising taxes so much that what did O'Malley do? He wanted to raise the gas tax in perpetuity every year. He wanted to tie it to inflation so that every year without having to vote on it, Democrats could raise taxes. Martin O'Malley still probably wakes up. With a big smile on his face every morning going, I get to still raise taxes. I'm not even governor anymore. And I still get to raise taxes. Glory to me. Glory be to me. They passed it. There's automatic gas tax increases because it's pegged to the price of inflation. Now They couldn't have foreseen that Joe Biden would come into office and make inflation a virtue. But, you know, maybe they did. They don't care either way. They really don't care either way. But this is how Democrats are. This is how they operate. The council approved the measure by an 8-5 vote with two abstentions, sending it to the desk of Mayor Brandon Scott over objections of city finance and retirement officials who warned the reduction could cost the city in the long run and potentially leave the pension plan underfunded. You think? Uh, getting a whole bunch of people in there to get a pension after eight years? Now, granted, you probably have to be 65 to collect your pension, but why the hell wouldn't, like, if you live in the city of Baltimore now, do yourself a favor. If you're not already, you know, in your 70s, do yourself a favor if this passes, if this is signed by the mayor. And I'd like to think that the mayor would have the sense to veto it, but then why would the mayor have any sense? But, If this becomes the law of the land, do yourself a favor and get a job in the city government that qualifies for this. Put in your eight years and get out. See, when I worked in the United States Senate, you had to put 20 years in to get a pension. You get a partial pension, I think, at 12, a partial pension, not a full pension, partial. But there are a lot of people out there who had, you know, 19 years. I knew one guy had 19 years when his boss retired and he was set. You know, this guy had uh, moved on and found himself a a really good guy. He's running a a big conservative organization. But he was, you know, a tap in putt away from a full pension. I think he had six months, actually. So he took a job as a legislative correspondent, like a lowest level rung job in a Senate office. I think it was Senate office to go and check the box to get his last six months in so he'd get that full pension. That makes sense. Me, I had one year. There's no... I'm not close. It's not even like, well, I got 10 years in, so it could go either way and make a break for it. Me, I got to put in 20... Well, 19 years if I want to get a pension. That's a whole bunch of elections. That's a whole bunch of garbage. That's just... Nah, not really worth it to put for 19 years in for a pension. But if it was eight... If it was only eight, I'd go back and do a year here, a year there, do it even part-time, do whatever it is, find a way to get across that finish line, I'd absolutely do it. So you're sitting there and you're looking at the, because a pension is a hell of a lot different. Most people in the private sector and anybody under 40 is going, what the hell is a pension? A pension is basically guaranteed income. Now, unions had pensions for a long time. My father has a pension from General Motors. That was the deal at the time. They have sort of moved on from that, but he's grandfathered in because he retired so long ago. Most, my sister just retired, has a pension. She, at her place now, they don't, well, where she worked, they no longer offer a pension. They do 401ks, but because the deal was when she was there, she gets the pension. You can't find pensions really outside of government very often, My sister worked for a city. My dad worked for Fisher Body, General Motors. Most people in the private sector now have no idea what a pension is. Government does. You don't have to worry about it with government. Government's going to take care of itself. Do you really think government officials are going to stiff government officials when it comes to their pay? Hell no. Hell no. Scott has yet to weigh in publicly on the proposal. He has until January to consider whether to sign or veto the measure. A late attempt to amend the measure by Councilwoman Odette Ramos failed after Mosby declined to allow its introduction because he said the roll call vote was already underway. Ramos, who voted in favor of the measure during the previous meeting, voted no on Monday, as did Councilwoman Felicia Porter, Councilman Zeke Cohen, Ryan Dorsey, and James Torrance. Mark Conway and Eric Costello abstained from the vote. What courageous leadership they show in abstaining from the vote. Quote, this sends the wrong message to communities that we want to serve, said seek Cohen. You think? You think? Now, by the way, the people who voted no, as far as I can tell, I don't know exact. I don't remember exactly when they, they they're already on track to, to get that pension. They're already on track to get that pension. So, good for them. I guess you do the right thing when you can't benefit from it yourself. When the full council first considered the legislation two weeks ago, mostly calls it a, compa- a companion bill to question Q, a proposed charter amendment that appeared on ballots this fall, asking voters to establish term limits for the city's mayor, comptroller, and city council members. The amendment, which passed with the approval of 72% of the vote, will limit officials to two four-year terms in each office. See? Oh, wait, now we can only serve eight years, so we need to make sure we get our payoff. I thought it was public service, Councilman Mosby, or Council President Mosby. Huh? The movement to get the question out of the ballot was funded almost entirely by a $525,000 investment from David Smith, chairman of the Hunt Valley-based Sinclair Broadcast Group. Blah, blah, blah goes on from there. Yes, we want to term limit you people. All right, well, we want to make sure that we can continue to grift forever and so we don't have to run for another office because Nick Mosby, given the Mosby family issues, might have difficulty getting another election to a higher office. So he wants to get himself a pension, wants to get everybody else a pension. Eight years, quite frankly, in the course of somebody's professional life isn't all that much time. So... Why the need for a pension? Maybe limit it to one term. Then there'll be no need for it. No, the Mosby's of the world will try and lower it to four years. They're always looking out for number one while making sure everybody else stays covered in number two. Really, really gross people. Not surprising, but uh, you don't see it so blatant most times anyway that's enough for today i think enough grousing and complaining and pointing out how hypocritical the left is We got an hour got an hour hopefully it get you closer to wherever it is you're going for thanksgiving hopefully you're going somewhere for thanksgiving or people are coming to you i hope you have an awesome awesome turkey day like i say they not going to really be a show tomorrow just a, maybe i'll do a best of something or other but thursday or friday will be the david limbaugh interview uh, you don't want to miss that. David Limbaugh is always a blast. And of course, Saturday the week, and F and review will be up at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or Derekhunter.locals.com. Sign up. Enter to win the autographed Anne Rice or Donald Trump books. Personally autographed by both. By either. Well then I'm both the same. That'd be a weird combo to write a book together. Anyway, happy, happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you briefly tomorrow and then Friday.